So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Good evening, everybody. This is Jean Victoria Norlock, welcoming you to another episode of Everyday Connection. I have here with me tonight uh, my co-host for the evening, all the way from Australia, Miss Anne Allison. How are you, Anne? Fabulous. Thank you. And good morning to everybody. We're in the morning here. Fabulous to be here co-hosting with you. Jean. I'm so thrilled to have you, Anne. We do have a special show tonight for everybody. We do have a special guest tonight as well, birthday boy and um, one of the creators of Everyday Connection, Rick O'Shields. How are you doing, Rick? Hey. Can I speak now? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was might, under, might at least. under pain of death if I spoke before <laughs> spoken to. So a new experience for me. <laughs> so Rick, um, if we could uh, just give us a second to say a few shout outs, I guess, to um, our family, of course, at Inner Child. Um, for those of you who regularly listen to the show, you know that our Inner Child family is is out there also in Cyberland um, supporting independent artists and creators. And we just want to give them a shout-out for all of the support that, and love that they've given to us. And you can find them at innerchild.ning.com. And um, so, Rick, who the hell are you and what do you do? Uh, you've just <laughs> been dying to ask me that question for a long time, haven't you? Yeah, I really have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Rick O'Shields, and um, and I've done a lot of things. Um uh, Usually when I run my resume for people, they say they ask me partway through if it'd be faster if I listed what I hadn't done. Um, I've spent essentially a very long time trying to figure out what's really going on. And uh, uh, and and through that search, wound up uh, meeting this crazy, I mean, this lovely person from Canada. And uh, so I'm now, a, uh, I'm now a radio host, which means essentially... I'm a guy that likes to hang out and talk to really cool people. And some people call it a job. I just call it hanging out and talking to really cool people. <laughs> so, Anne, I know that you um, you have a few questions for our guests this Hello. evening. Uh, if I you want to go ahead. I do, I do, I do. I am, first of all, I just want to say I'm really thrilled that uh, Jean and I decided to interview Rick on the show today because he does so much for everyone else, you know. And I, I don't even, I can't even remember where I know Rick from. All I know is that at some point he came into my life and brought some ease with it because I was doing this new work that was unfamiliar to me and I was starting to live a bit more consciously. 
and he was just so uh, it, it was just so normal to him and he was interviewing lots of people who were doing the same sorts of things and that gave me the opportunity to start feeling normal I guess um, which is really the most important thing because as Rick always says it's not about this spiritual thing that that's happening and we're all doing it's about living consciously every day and having an everyday connection so Rick thank you so much and so that's my happy birthday to you greeting <laughs> truly you have made a difference in my life and I t truly truly appreciate it more importantly I want to know more about you you see you hide behind your microphone and you interview everybody else and you get all the little bits about them and how they make their connection and how they stay connected and what they want to see for the world. And I want to know that about you. Ah, yeah, it's a big microphone. I stay back here. but um, Surprise, by the way. Well. Yes, surprise. Interestingly, uh, interestingly enough uh, that uh, Anne would be the uh, guest host this evening, uh, my first real well uh, my my first attempts at, at at being headed down the spiritual road that's that's where i knew i wanted to go for as long as i can remember um but of course i started off with the church that i was raised in and and kept running into well i kept having questions that they didn't appreciate and um um uh, but i still you know i was the head of the youth group and and um uh, well, co-president with a good friend of mine, and um, uh, we did mission trips and things, but I knew that wasn't quite it, and so my first exposure when I picked up something and was looking at it and reading it and saying, that, oh, that's it, that's that's it, was one of the Seth books, and uh, uh, so... I read that. I said, that's it. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. And, and sure enough, within a, about a year's time, I had been guided to the book uh, Opening the Channel, uh, Sanaya Roman and um, Dwayne Packer. And um, so I tried a couple of the exercises in there, and they talked to me. It worked. And it scared the living daylights out of me. So I... <laughs> I ran away the opposite direction just about as fast as I could go, and that's where I learned to be a, a, a very good undercover corporate uh, person. Uh, I never was really that good, I guess. My bosses would reco recall that I was a problem, but um, it was only, I, I promise, it was only because I was trying to get things done, and so I didn't have time to wait on the committees, and that made them angry. Um, but... Um, then I had sort of come back towards going to be a – this time it was I was going to be a coach. But then I went back again, and, you know, I went back and forth. I wandered around both sides of the road, never on the road, just sort of on the sides, out in the ditch, I call it. But um, Until finally in 2007, I had a, um, a health challenge that uh, resulted in a very brief exit. I – I love to tease people and joke with people and shock people and talk about the fact that, you know, yeah, well, that was before I croaked. Um, and um, uh, I put it as less than that. I, I just went home and took a deep breath and then came back. Um, and uh, since then, have I guess 
that first year I was learning how to walk again. And uh, and then decided that it was time to uh, heed the call. Um, and it's my own call, so I don't know why any of us... But of course, sometimes when you hear it, it sounds like somebody else. Um, and... Um, and get to work, and I've kind of wandered around. I've I've channeled. I've and 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 then I met this Jane person, and um, uh, still not exactly sure how all that happened either. Except that you know she had a board, and but it needed help, and well, I just happened to have finished uh, adminning a board because I had adminned uh, for uh, Elizabeth Feast on her board back when it was still active and uh she was like really okay good here and uh, <laughs> um then uh, uh we went through uh, went through a little healing process uh for her now we're kind of going through some physical healing stuff with me but uh with her back then and then oh gosh i guess I had done this everyday connection radio show one time, maybe one time, and with Nina Farrell that some of you I'm, I know we're acquainted with, and uh, uh, then for various and sundry reasons, Nina decided she couldn't do this show. Uh, we were doing Channels Channel at the time and and things, and she she said I can't do this other one, and I said okay, and. Um, uh, Jean and I had been talking, and so I said something about it, and she said, well, that would be really cool. I don't think she knew what she was saying, but she... she <laughs> I think she knew exactly what she was saying. It someone cool. did. There was a quantum plan <laughs> somewhere. <clears throat> I I don't know. I, you know, I mean, websites and movies and, and, um, and amazing, incredible guests and the ability to to speak my heart verbally, which I've never, ever been able to do. Um I didn't know what I was saying, but I'm eternally grateful um, for this man's birthday because without it, he wouldn't have been here to walk me through this and to be, you know, the rock that I I get to stand on as I stretch my wings. So, you know, it's Aww. cool. I love your birthday. It's a good day, a happy day. Another trip around the sun. <laughs> and I love that I've just realized that I can refer to times in Rick's life as BC. Ah, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Um there's a lot of there's a lot of BC for both of us. Um <laughs> Well, I think there is for everybody that's living right at this time, isn't there? I mean, we're going through such changes and um you know, uh, we're all stepping into this way of conscious living and having an everyday connection, and that's why I think this show is so important. As I said, because and Rick's idea that that we're all we're all everyday connected. We just all do it differently, and I think that's really a key message that people need to hear. It it is. It's a lot of fun, um, especially for me, because when I started writing the book. 
so long ago, um, that was my thing. I was like, but everybody's connected. Why are we fighting over what to call God? I don't understand. And I was so confused. And then along comes this genius with this idea for the show. And, you know, it, it, it really gave us a platform to take that further. And it's, and we've gotten so much positive feedback. So, you know, thank goodness for Rick and his, his inability to, you know, let fear stop him. Um, I know that he's had chances in the past to let fear stop him, but this time he didn't. He just, you know, he just plowed ahead. We're going to do it. And Let's just do this and we'll, you know, well, boy, wouldn't it be neat to have them on the show? Well, uh, okay, I'll ask them. What? <laughs> what? Yes, fearless. Uh, That's fantastic. I'll That's never forget the first couple of guests with uh, more of a global name and uh, Gene, you know. What? How did you what? How did you get them on the show? What? <clears throat> so Rick, tell me who you have had on the show. Who are the big names that you've had on? Or um, who some of us would gosh. think of as big names, let's say that. Who uh, was your um who was your funnest interview? Oh gosh. We've had so much fun. Uh laughing with just about everybody. Um but I, it, one of the big Big funds for me had to be uh, having Daryl Anka on uh, because I have been a fan of his and of Bashar's work and their work together for uh, for a while and um, uh, and it becomes one of those things when you first of course I have discovered as time has gone on there have been several people I've thought were big global channelers that I've known them since the day they started and I just didn't know that they were so good but. Um, um that was probably that was probably a, a big one for me just because I had so much sort of personally invested in in time and and processing and and uh, uh with uh, with him but we had we've had a blast with from people that I don't know to people that I do know to um we've had uh, the Gambles from the Thrive movie, Frost, Foster and Kimberly. And um, uh, we have uh, we have more coming up in the future. I don't want to act like I'm pitching the show. Got to put down my thing. It's kind of like Bill said when I was on his show. He's like, yeah, we're, we're both hosts, and so we're used to trying to say everything in two seconds. And um, uh, well, I don't know, Gene. Who else have we had that's been big? Oh, come on. Stuff. Well, big or, or fun? I mean, I know who my most fun Well, fun's fun more interesting, who, isn't who, it? Who was, who was your, you know, other than Daryl, who was your most fun interview? Uh, well, that's what I say. That's hard to pick. It's been so much fun. All of <laughs> Really? I, I mean that. Uh, um, and, um, you know. I have a favorite, but everybody knows that. So, you know. Come on. you got to have. I know you don't want to pick favorites, eh? Listen to my my diplomatic co-host. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I had, I had a blast with. Uh, uh, we had a blast with Wendy. We had a blast with Mama Webb. We had a blast with Frank Butterfield, uh, Sierra Goodman. Yep. Uh, and then there's the girls. How can you? Wow. But who were you thinking? The girls. I'll the girls. always 
Always yeah. and forever. Always yeah. the girls, Gianna and Genevieve. Little 16-year-old twin light workers that are not little, uh, nor are they young, but uh, they have been only 16 years this go-around. Well, that actually invites my next question because I was going to say, Rick, that I know that you are particularly excited by the way that the younger generations are embracing this connection and this um, everyday spirituality. And and so I think you might have some words to say about that. I just um, I'd like to hear about how what what's what's uh what's going on with them and why you feel that it's it's so exciting i mean i know as well but from your perspective well it in in part it's it's a selfish thing um, when i was quite young i did several things that shocked people uh, oh there you go shocking see i hadn't even thought about that um I was rewiring light switches at age three, uh, in the wall, live, 110 volt, you know, wall current light switches, and um, my only distress when my mother made me stop was when she said, you know, you can't do that, you're going to kill yourself, and I, and I said, no, but you might hurt yourself because you don't seem to understand how this works, which, uh, for those of us that are parents around know that that's not the best thing for your child to say to you. You don't take it well sometimes. Um, uh, but I was absolute slam dunk. You will not ever again do that. Uh, you know, so things that I knew that I wasn't supposed to know or didn't have a physical reason to know uh, were squashed very, very hard. And um, uh, and I, I don't remember the time when I was three, but I did the same thing again when I was five, and I remember that one uh, quite distinctly. And it was, uh, uh, I, you know, I finally was sent to my room because I was back-talking as well as rewiring light switches, and, and, and I paced in my room because I was waiting to hear my mother hit the floor because she had made it clear she didn't understand electricity. Bless her heart, she understood many things and loved, loved the lady to death. Uh, well, that's not a good thing to say since she's transitioned, but I, I still love her as much as I always did, and we have a great relationship now. So, uh, But um, I, was, I was concerned that something was going to happen, and, it, and, and, and I was concerned. I was, why doesn't she know this? I never once wondered why, how I knew. I just wondered why she didn't know. And so I, I kind of know what it feels like to get that connection stomped out of you. And uh, it was very important for my journey and to come to where I am now and to, to do what I do now. So I, I hold no ill will towards anybody for the stomping that was done across the younger days of my life. But it... it, it um, It can be very disconcerting. It leaves you with a. Uh, uh, it almost takes your anchor points away and leaves you sort of wheel, free wheeling through life with not with wondering which way to turn. And um, um, I think it's I think that it's time that no other child have to suffer that kind of disorientation and invalidation. Um, 
I mean, I went on. I was a high IQ kid. I was kind of shown around, and I was taken to all of the best schools, best being a relative term, depending on the perspective, but, you know, uh, and uh, was taken around. To, uh, I was more comfortable by age 10 uh, in a coat and tie at a cocktail party with a bunch of adults than I was with kids my own age because I was always the boy wonder, so, and that was my role, best as I could tell. And uh, uh, so I think it's grand that they're allowed to, uh, you know, because I've often said, or, or BC, I used to say a lot, I wonder what I could have done if I hadn't, if they hadn't stopped me. And and now I know that there was reasons, there a quantum plan, shall we say, uh, for that, but uh, I'm... I have anticipation and excitement like a little kid on Christmas morning waiting to see what these new young ones are going to do because it's going to be pretty amazing. Indeed, absolutely. And I'm excited about it too. So, Rick, with some, you know, like so many of us, I mean, especially in our um, our generations and older, our freedom was so squashed. and And I think... Certainly, that makes it very hard for us to then stand up and start either verbally channeling or bringing through information that you can't possibly know, you know, if you know what I mean. Uh, yes. And, and, um, and so, how, how did you get through that? How did you get through that time of of knowing who you were and knowing the things you know and then being strong enough to push through the fact that every time I speak about this, I get squashed, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, I have to say, I did not handle that very well, BC. Um, And that was really the source of my troubles in life at that point, was my not handling it well. It wasn't because it's there or... It's being forced on you, and I'm not cooperating. That's not the case. Um, but uh, since the uh, near-death experience or the weekend intensive care, whatever you want to call what it happened, uh, I have toyed with, and a lot of people have applied to me the term walk-in. Um, I tend to, if they do, I tend to, tell them that uh, I prefer facet exchange. I'm still me. It's just, uh, you know, maybe a different facet of the crystal of me, but it's me. Um, And, um, but since then, I have not been able to uh, really find within me. I mean, I tried once or twice, uh, and and I've always had friends like uh, Gene around to go oh um and um uh, because i tried to you know i can't do that and i can't do this and what would people think and 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 i've had uh i've been blessed with some really good friends to uh uh poke me when i try that excuse and uh uh and then you just get you just get used to it that's the best part about i think one reason perhaps that channeling was my first you know sort of public step off is it's kind of it's kind of easy because when you do that 
you know, I, I, I absolutely understand Esther when you see a a DVD of a whole meeting. You see her come out at the beginning, and she goes, "Hi, bye. I love my part." It's because she doesn't have to stand up there and yes. and wonder if people are receiving her well or whatever. You just kind of relax into it, and then it's just yummy. You know, it, it's um, it's delicious. As, uh, and and it's I, I used to say, I, well, yeah, I, I hear what I'm saying, but sometimes I'm kind of sitting there going, whoa. I said, what? And, uh, and, and, and so it can be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, and then the first getting on the radio was, was out of trying to do exactly what you were talking about. That that was my thought behind the channel's channel was less about uh, showcasing channels or promoting their work. or I wanted to do all those things too, but I just wanted there to be a place for people to be able to come and and know that they were okay and that they were not abnormal uh, or abnormal is uh, <laughs> from the movies um, and um, based on that same thing of of having been denied that when I was a kid um, and even as an adult uh, and um, uh, uh, but I, uh, I, I'm glad I didn't try the channeling thing when I was young because my, I, I lived in a very traditional family. It was a very loving family, very close. We had breakfast and dinner together every day, like out of the movies or the TV shows. But I, I would have been in an institution had I said I was channeling or that you know you could do it too. That would have been the topper. I, they'd have locked me up. And isn't it so cool now, even now, that um, I, I often talk to people who are starting to do this now and um, and I, I often say to them, there'll be no hanging on crosses anymore. And thank God for that because if there were, so many of us fear that, you know, they're going to put me away. And now that that fear is not, well, it's still there to some degree, but for most of us, realistically, we realise that they're not going to hang us on the cross. So it does make it a little bit easier, and I think I just love that, that the young ones are so open about it and so more willing. And me myself, being a mother of a small child, I've got an eight-year-old, and just seeing the difference in them. I also have a 24-year-old, and the difference is incredible. Um, from even at 24, someone who's very awake, as as your young friends are, but. Then to see an eight-year-old even more awake and and who litters his floor with crystals and and uh, when he was three he picked a blue one up and said, "Mummy, pop this on your throat. It'll make it feel better." So it's it's an incredible thing to see and and it's just so nice to to know that we're helping to make this world a more comfortable place for them as opposed to what we went through, which was. It, the whole point about it was to squash your children, really. I mean, you know, I'm thinking, yeah. of course, very strongly about it, and I'm not suggesting that everyone had that experience, but certainly a lot of us did, because that's what parents did then. The parent was the boss, and we're starting to realise that, you know what, it's actually a co-creation. It's a, it's a there is, there is, uh, they have every right that we have. I, I'm... The um, teenagers in my life have given me more courage 
to stand on my truth than any any other person I know. Um, my daughter, for one, and 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 the teenagers that I've met along the way. You know, I've had fourteen year old young women read my books and go, love it, I get it, and that that to me is I'm the most important thing to have. And I know that sounds strange because, like you said, a generation or two ago, we would have been, it's the parents who are not seeking the child's approval, but the child seeking the parent's approval. But now it's it's a cooperation and a collaboration. And and it is important to me to have the approval of my daughter. And it is, it is important to me to be able to communicate with this younger generation because they're bloody geniuses. Yes, hooray to that. I agree with you. They're, they're quite quite amazing because they know already what we're only just tapping into as we start to um, and, and you know I'm assuming everyone's the same age as me <laughs> many of you aren't but um, you know we for, for myself I've only just in the last few years started to tap into this fact that whenever I want to know something all I need to do is ask that question or, um, you know, do things like quantum jumping. I don't know if you're aware of that, but that's where... And I did this once, where I said, you know, I don't know how to do this thing that I have to do. I'm starting a new job, and I don't know how to do this thing, even though they think I know what I'm doing. I haven't ever done this kind of job before. So I found out about, you know, uh, this was quite early on, but and I realized that I already had this connection, but how do I tap into that? How do I go to my future self, who is already that thing, and say, tell me how you did it? And and we can do that, but they know that already. We're only, I'm only just learning that, or, you know, recently in the few, last few years. These kids seem to already be tapped into that intelligence. In other words, they just know everything they need to know. There's no need for them to seek out the knowledge from anyone else. They have it within themselves and they know it or they're coming to a quicker knowing of it than we do. So it's it's very exciting time. And, and and it's exciting there's folks like like us, old putty duddies running around, they're willing to give them some uh uh validation for that because I did that my whole life and I thought it was a big secret. It was a big yes. secret I was keeping from people was I would apply for a job and they'd ask me if I knew how to do so and so and I'd say yes <laughs> when I had not a clue not the first clue and but I had absolute faith that I could just walk up there and look at it figure it out because it had never failed me before but it but it would, became something I had to be quiet about and not let really let anybody know so that led to me lying about past experience or past jobs or education or, <laughs> because I knew I knew it I knew I needed the job. I knew I could do it as well or better than anybody they'd ever had. But I couldn't explain it in an acceptable way. So then you learn to lie, and that just makes it worse because then you start to lie to yourself, and oh, boy. And you start to feel bad about yourself, and you start to beat yourself up instead of just giving yourself a break. Right. And, yes, I did that very much through my life as well. And, uh, you know, in my in the very last corporate job that I had, I was working for a mining company, and the... Um, the directors used to come in on occasion and I'd always have whatever they needed sitting there waiting for them and they'd kind of go, how do you possibly know that I'm going to come in here and ask for this thing? And I just said, oh, I just do. <laughs> so it was very interesting. Fortunately, there have been many uh, folks doing that quiet thing for a while. Uh, I remember hearing my dad talk about he'd 
say something to his secretary, she would have already pulled it from the file. It was just come handed yeah. to him. <laughs> and um uh, uh, but I think it's grand we get to do it out in the wide open and uh and have it be okay. Uh I, I got kicked out of my proper school for knowing something I had no earthly possibility of knowing. And that's exactly the terms they use. There's no earthly way you could know this. I just didn't know exactly. at the time to say, well, you're quite correct, sir. It wasn't an earthly way, but I didn't yeah, I didn't know how to do that yet. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but, yeah, I, I, I took a test on calculus, and I'd never studied calculus. And I outscored 99.997% of the population that took the test. And my teacher... Wow. The the people at the standardized testing place they didn't know, but the my teacher knew, and just raked me over the coals and got and had me removed from the school. At the end of that school year, I didn't get to graduate with my fellows. But uh, that's insane! Wow. You criminal! You're too smart. Yeah, I scored <laughs> seven sixty out of eight hundred on a math level two achievement test, but I was only supposed to know level one, and I went, "Oops!" Wow, and we're supposed to be the crazy ones, huh? Yeah, and I think that's a problem in our schooling system even now, and it, and I imagine it's going to get worse unless we get some more. And I know we're all waking up and we're all starting to tap in, and so I hope that there are enough teachers out there that are, that are also doing that, and I truly believe there are. But right now in this moment, I don't know about you over there, but certainly here in Australia, we have teachers that their education level is just... You know, there will be children that know more than them, and they don't take kindly to that. Yes, I have a, I have a picture. I'll have to post it on my wall later. That is an actual note from a teacher, that, uh, you know, is from the teacher to a parent. That you know, you need to speak to your child because the teacher had said something that was wrong, and this <laughs> one child in the class insisted that the teacher was wrong and well I don't care what you say you're not right I'm not going to listen to you blah 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 and and the conclusion of this note from the teacher was that even though in this case it turned out that little Sally was correct oh. you need to speak to her because her job is to do what her teachers tell her oh. and you just want to you just want to snatch that person up by their hair and say okay no more teaching for you you go over there and do something else <laughs> Exactly, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. And with the kids that are coming through now, you know, it's going to happen more and more and more. They're going to have to be prepared for it. Yeah, they they better be because you can spend some time on the phone with the with the twins or some of the other young folks that I've been blessed to know, and they're not putting up with diddle. If it seems like they are, it's just because they figure you're not worth the time of explaining. But as soon as they get away from you, <laughs> they are not buying it. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. So um, I'm thinking we've got um, a lot of people in the chat room tonight who might also have questions for Rick. So we're going to take a quick musical break. Rick has a MP3 that should be queued up. Um, And then he hasn't been paying attention, eh? And then we're going to invite our listeners and our guests to call in. The call in (coughs) number is 805-243-1318. And when you press one, that means you've got your hand up, and Rick will um, Rick will work through the calls, um, and we'll start right after this quick musical break. Are we playing the one that I've never heard? We are absolutely. Oh, okay, Yay. here we go. Happy birthday. 
Okay. <laughs> so we're ready for Collins. Happy birthday, Mr. Was, Radio Man. That was fantastic. Thank you, Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. I thought well, you might see. get a kick out of that. We do have uh, the the call board just lit up. Three people just like that. I'm gonna. I'm not asking it for callers ever again on a show, Jane. So that's all you now. It never works like this when I try it. Okay, so um, caller from area code 712. Hey, Rick. It's the twins. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. That means y'all were listening when I was saying all that, weren't you? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that maybe maybe that's why I wasn't paying attention to the chat room. Is people have been making fun of me? Maybe I don't know. No, everybody's giving you love. That's it. I'm so glad that you guys are here. That's just awesome. As are you. Oh, thank you. So are you, Rick? Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. They're probably laughing because I picked them first. They're going, "How they do that?" That's one of the things. Okay, so then we have a caller on the line from area code 214, 214. Oh, wait. Hello, Rick. Hey. Hey, it's Janet. Happy birthday. Hey, Janet. Thank How's you. How's it going? Good. It turned cold today. I don't know what that, but then again, it was what, spring yesterday. Well, it's okay. spring all year. Yeah. So, so I'm glad. I'm happy about that. I talked to Bill when he's freezing on me. The East Coast, and we're over here nice and warm. Um, no, I wanted to wish you a happy birthday, and I did want to ask you a question because you're always interviewing people. And the question that I want to ask is, who would you like to interview? Uh, I won't say dead because I don't think they're dead anyway, but dead or alive. Who would I like to interview, dead or alive, in yes. body or not? Okay. Uh, yes. Gosh. The list is so long. I have to pick one. You can um, pick as many as you like. I'm just. Well, I want to pick your brain. That's all. I mean, you know, there's so many. If I get to go with the dead folks, um, <laughs> the, the croaked folks, uh, of course, um, I'd like to talk to uh, Jesus and Buddha and, you know, Krishna. <laughs> Krishna. We did the, the. There's a good list of masters that I'd like to have on. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. there's. Way more masters than we've heard about. Most most of them try to be quiet. Helps helps. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, it helped keep you from getting yourself killed. Um, <laughs> hopefully, those days are gone. But um, uh, and then living, uh, I would even especially more so now love to uh, interview Esther Hicks. 
Um, and, uh, you know, forgive me, Jerry, but even more so now, because I can not only, you know, talk to her about what it was like to come into this, talk to her about what this, uh, because this has been as much a transition for her as it was for Jerry, in my opinion. Right. Um, because it was always the two of them. And many of the big channel teams from back, you know, that have been at this for a while, it was there was always a pair, whether it was a married pair or sometimes that wasn't who they were married to, but there was still a pair. There was a... Uh, right. And somebody channeling, somebody holding space, um, and uh, uh, so that would be cool. But uh, well, that's uh, awesome. Well, I, I, I like um, all your ascended masters because that would be my choice too. And I'd have to throw John Lennon in the mix. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The dead well, people, but are are in spirit, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, Cool answers. Okay. All right. Well, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. And, and how old are you today? Huh? 29. Are you 29 today? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, it yes, ends so am I. So am I. It ends in nine. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm four, 49 bodily years old. Uh, or All right. Last, All right. Or else last December 15th, I was four. Depends on how you look at it. Well, you're still a young pup. A long ways to go. I planning on it. Well, I'm planning on going right with you, so let's go. There we go. Okay, I'm gonna get off the phone and let someone else have it. Happy birthday! Yeah, bless Love your heart, to everybody. Okay, area code eight five six eight five six. I was like going, oh, wow, what happened? <laughs> that was the chipmunks. You know, we're always hearing chipmunks on BTR anyway, so I figured I might as well give them the stage and let them sing for you, too. Perfect, perfect. Yep. But, you know, I, I just called to wish you the best, you know, and I'm just so grateful to have you in my life that we, you know, share paths, you know, and, um, you know, you're just a blessing to myself and to so many others, and I just want to thank you and, you know, wish you nothing but the best on this special day of yours. Oh, well, thank you, Bill. You, you're another hard-working, uh, overachieving light worker out there, so bless your heart. Bless you, too, my brother. This is your day, though. God bless you, and thank you so much for all that you do. Oh, well, thank you. I couldn't imagine it any other way, really. Cool. Chipmunks, look out. <clears throat> okay, area code 805 is with us. Area code 805? Hi, Rick. Happy birthday. Small Aww, one. Thank you. How are you doing? Good. Yay. I'm glad. I'm really grateful for your presence in this world, and I'm praying for your heart space. And I'm really grateful that I've been on the show and that you continue to do such wonderful work in getting messages out there for all of us folks. And I just want to say that I appreciate you and all that you do, my dear. And I pray that you continue for as long as you're willing and able, my dear. 
Oh, bless your heart. Thank you so much. Much love. Happy birthday. Uh, yet another hardworking, overachieving light worker right there. Thank you very much. And a super mom to boot. Yes. Yeah, you want to talk about incredible kids? She's got one that will just blow your mind. So, Mama, love to you from us. <laughs> For being such a grand, uh, tiny human assistant. Yeah. Maybe that's what we'll call them instead of moms after a tiny while. Human tiny human assistant. <clears throat> they really only need us because we know how to open cans and, and reach the top shelf. As soon as they can do that themselves, they're done with us. Ah, no, that's not true. No, it's not true. They're, it's actually because we can drive cars. Ah, <laughs> there you go. That's it. We can reach the pedals. Okay. And so I that's... just say, I'm sitting here feeling the love for Rick. It's it's just really lovely, really wonderful to have people call in and um, and and, and celebrate with you. It's just lovely to sit here and just feel that energy. It's ah. Uh, Lovely. <laughs> so yes, thank you. Is. Yes, it is. It's it's just uh, it's just glorious. That's why I sometimes don't know what to do with it because it gets a little overwhelming. But I'm figuring it out. <laughs> just from the guy that you know, only five years ago would have chopped your hands off if you tried to have somebody you know sing and bring him a cake at a restaurant. That was far too flamboyant and standoutish. Now you have people singing to you on air and calling in from different countries. <laughs> well, it's like I've said when people ask me about the becoming a radio host thing, and I say, well, you know, uh, people have been calling me crazy for years, so I figured I'd open my mouth and prove them correct. <laughs> Show them how right they are. So funny. So we have a special request from Bill in the um, chat room. He would like to hear a joke. Oh, my. Well, that was one just there, actually. Um, although it's not too far from the truth, uh, those are some of the best funnies that you can catch yourself what you really do all the time. Best comedians I've ever I've ever known are the ones that just point out the stupid stuff that we all do. Uh, you know, uh, Bill Cosby being a great example uh, of that, and George Carlin. Um, but I always appreciated Bill uh, Cosby particularly because he could make my sides ache, burn with the laughter, and never say a single cuss word. And I don't have anything wrong with cuss words. They're just words. And and I agree with Lenny Bruce that they're, if we just said them all the time, then we wouldn't be able to hurt each other's feelings with them. But, but, um, uh, but Bill had the – I think to some extent, you know, all this politeness we've been trained in, People laugh at cuss words because they're, it's like laughing in the graveyard. You know, they're they're nervous, they're deflecting it. You know, and um, so I've always loved the way that he, you know, could do his routines and do all of that. And uh, and I'm not I'm not that good, uh, but uh, but I do like to make people laugh because it, when all else fails, if you can't, you know, if a friend comes over, I have many friends that have come over and asked, you know. Well, you do this thing. Can you help me? You know, I just got this problem, and I don't know what to. And they're so in the problem, may even break down and start crying right here in the in my office at the house. Ah, George Carlin's going on the video, or or Bill Cosby. Somebody is going up on the video. I'm going to make them laugh somehow, uh, because 
you know, if all these psychiatrists out there and psychologists that are committing suicide at the highest rate on the planet and their notes all read, I can't help these people, if they just make them laugh, um, they would be doing better than most all of the talk therapy that they could do. Um, you know, because they're just, whether there's something serious going on down here or not, and those who know me know that I'm a big proponent of the fact that there's just not really anything that serious going on down here. But whether there's something serious going on or not, if you can laugh, if you can just take a moment to, it, it, I don't know, a faster way to throw somebody back over into the plus side of their emotional scale than to get them to laugh. So, uh, tell a joke. I don't know. Tell a joke. Come on. You can do well, it. I don't, can do I it. don't like do can <laughs> I don't like do can jokes. <laughs> Freeze-dried, microwavable, but not canned jokes. I do opportunistic jokes. I have to hear a setup, and then when I just can't hold myself back, I come out with it. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I could tell some George Carlin jokes, but they're, you know, they hardly fit on a show where we're trying to build everybody up because they're all <laughs> half of the scale. I posted one of his the other day on my wall and took the risk of the wrath of the fans of the ever positive, never negative that that said, you know, just think of the average stupid person and then remember that half of them are stupider than that. And that was kind of George. George, I think, got squished when he was a kid and... Never quite got over it, or at least he spent many years on stage getting it back out, uh, thankfully. Uh, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, I've seen interviews with him where he talks about it, just being a spectator and observer, and he knew exactly what he was doing. But, uh, uh, yes, funny man. A thoughtful man. He made he made you think, you know, when you're you're laughing, but once you're done laughing... Almost everything that he's ever said makes you go, hmm. It's either, that's so true, or, wow, I never noticed that. And there was a method to his madness, because most of the things he made you think about, had he just directly stood up and said, I would really kind of like to bring up the following subject, everybody would have had their bulletproof armor on and would have not heard a word he said. But... He got them laughing, and when you're laughing, your ears and heart fall open. They can't help it. And so then he was able to maybe say a thing or two. And it makes me think, you know, with people like him and anybody else who has this amazing gift, you know, they're doing exactly what we call channeling. Um, they're bringing through something to make you think and perhaps shift the way that you think. Oh, in, to be in certain. a way that is acceptable to you. So, uh, again, you know, it's nothing different oh, than what we all do. Master spiritual warriors who yes. who know how to slip and slide their way around your spiritual armor so that they can... They know they're only going to get one or two words before you notice and pitch them out again. But So they choose, I think, those one or two words carefully. Absolutely. They've kept me sane. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a hard job, hey, Rick? Oh, uh, well, at, at, at times. <laughs> <laughs> and it is for all of us. I think we're half uh, half the time we're insane and half the time we're not. 
Well, just life. <laughs> I've seen I've seen what passes for sane on this planet, or at least what passed for sane about ten years ago, and I don't want anything to do with that. So, was it the one of my favorite books? Et one hundred one says what passes for sanity on this planet is sending chills up the collective spines of the rest of the galaxy, the universe. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I love. love that book. Love that book. <laughs> So does anybody else have any more questions for Rick? Um, and do you have more questions for Rick? Oh, I could have so many questions. I mean, I could just have the most amazing conversation. I don't uh, I don't want to bore all of your listeners <laughs> with You're my inane chat. But, um, <laughs> you know, certainly I'd love to know at this stage what Rick wants his future to hold. I mean, what do you see for yourself, Rick? Where do, where do you see this all going? Oh, and I know, my. you know, I, I know it's hard to even imagine that sort of thing because it changes from step to step and moment to moment. But what's your big vision? Well, gosh, I don't know. We, I, I don't want to irritate anybody that um, is in the new age and new light and new energy community. No, but do it, do it anyway, because you know I think they need to be irritated. But the hard work, the serious work, the oh my gosh, are we going to make it? In, in my considered opinion and the opinion of many of those I commune with from time to time is over, past. We did it. Yes. Get over it. Get over yourselves, first of all. Reference back to that nothing so serious going on down here thing. But if you look at what is happening, now I'm not saying that there's not still issues and you know something for you to process. As long as you want something to process, it'll be there. But I really think that we have gotten over the hump, and it's time, I think, that we stop working so hard pushing the cart up the hill. It's over the top of the hill. We're trying to slow it going down is the only thing we'd be able to do that would feel like work at this point. Hop in the roller coaster car and put your hands up in the air and scream, (laughs) we. Absolutely. and, And then... When something pricks at your heart, go get it. Be two years old, go get it. That's what they do. They see something, they go get it. Well, you see something's got your interest, go get it. It's and, just so simple, isn't it? Why can we not do this? And it it, it is hard. It kind of goes against all these years of this life or all these millennia. Um, but it is kind of where it's at. You go get it um oh um it, it it's it, it's what this movie is to me this film you know heaven forbid that i tell people that because i do i believe in what we're doing i believe in the subject i believe in the message i, I believe in all of that but i just think it's going to be fun and uh and, of course, things that aren't in alignment with that message don't seem fun to me. So, I, you know, but um, uh, there are so many people who are still just dead set on we're not there yet. And many of them, uh, my friends, might take on that lovely title, Guru. Yeah. <laughs> And it just, well, 
come now. It's gooey. It's a gooey word. It's a gooey concept, this guru thing. Uh, and But they're worried they're not going to have any adherents or followers or supporters or things if they're trying to scare people at this point. I'm sorry. They are. And so just pack them all up. The French are testing their new rocket this week. Let's just pack them all up. We'll put them in the top. <laughs> it hauled a ton and a half. We can get a lot of gurus up there, and then we just blast <laughs> off the damn gurus off the planet. I want them all off, out. <laughs> well, well, be a guru. You're welcome to have followers. You're welcome to play that whole game, but you got to play it on a different planet than me. Get off. <laughs> I was sitting here clapping. I don't know if you could hear me, but I was sitting there clapping. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So awesome. So we have a question from Janet in the chat room who wants to know, uh, what do you do in your spare time, Rick? Spare time? What's that? <laughs> that was her next question. Do you have any? Spare time? Um, well, uh, I do a lot of things from reading to watching videos to walking with my dog to uh, I don't do as many physical things as I per- might perhaps prefer because I still have some limitations in that area, but they're rapidly dissolving. Uh, we're going to talk about that more, I'm sure, on January 31st. But um, um, this is this, you know, hosting radio shows, talking to really cool people um, is what I do in my spare time and my time time because it's fun. Um, I don't recommend the whole dying thing to everybody and coming back and the hospital and all the learning to walk and having the physical limitations, but it really does sort of give you, if it ain't fun, I ain't going. Don't have time for that. And so in this big picture, one of the things I'd like to see go away is people's idea of occupation. It is now and always has been a way to just occupy your time. Well, occupy your time with something you want to do. Can that be your job? Sure. But, you know, somebody could offer me six figures to be the radio host tomorrow, and then they could take it away the next day, and I'm going to be here on Thursday evening, because it's just too cool. <laughs> and uh, many's the time that I've been having a not-so-good day, you know. And uh, and there's just something about it. You get within that hour to two hours in front of that radio show, and oh, boy, here it comes. Here comes the good stuff. And it, it all goes away. And by the time we're done, I'm in such a good mood and on such a high that I can't sleep. So it, it, it's uh, I am cursed with, some would say, having had this physical disability problem, but it also allows me to sit here and do this all the time because, you know, I'm living on disability either way. So I can go sit in the corner and be bored, uh, drive myself insane, climb the walls, uh, call all my friends and get them to come over here and help me change a light bulb, or I can just have fun. And then I catch myself doing things that I'm not supposed to be able to do. And uh, uh, 
And once again, after a brief pause, it would appear, healing up. Uh, I do want to say one of my best birthday presents this year is the news that uh, uh, my friend and, and angel friend, uh, Nina Farrell, in South Africa, is going home from the hospital. For those that hadn't been following her thing, two months ago we thought she was headed for transition, surely. And uh, they used a lot of adrenaline and things to bring her back from that edge, which then destroyed or seemingly destroyed both of her feet, her left hand, and and, um, and a chunk of her right hand. And We'll have none of that. She was all... You know, oh yeah, sure, that's fine. You can cut them off. She was all telling everybody what she was going to be able to do with the prosthesis and stuff. But she told her, she asked her doctors and nurses away from her family. Uh, she asked them to please wait until after Christmas because it was just crushing her family, and she wasn't sure they would be able to take it. Now this woman's in pain, lying in a hospital bed, can't get up, and is asking for them to please don't do this. It'll crush these people. Nothing about her. She was telling everybody how great it was going to be. You know, every time somebody said something about something she wasn't going to be able to do, she started talking about what she was what she was going to be able to do with her prosthesis. Uh, well, is that is that not our Nina and Law of Attraction teacher? Every time somebody tried to explain a limitation to her, she explained to them what she could do. She explained to them what she what was good, and um, because the doctors agreed to go along with her. They've now waited long enough that she's healing and uh, is now going home, uh, leaving the hospital. Um, and uh, the, the, all this skin that has turned black and looks like something out of the mummy is just going to fall off and she's going to be fine. Uh, all her parts intact. All of her bits, yes. And, um, and, and our dear and friend Stacy uh, you... and Mark... Yeah. Oh, sometimes when? I'm sorry. Oh, sometimes sometimes when you um can't quite teach them through your words, you, you sure as hell can through your actions and she she did that in such a big way. So, um look for us bringing her on here cuz as soon as she's up and around. <laughs> oh, yeah, she says she has grand stories to tell. But um, um yeah. Then there's then there's our uh, dear friends Stacy and Mark. Uh Miracles about one of our sisters, Stacy. Yeah, been kind of following this the saga of uh, Mark's having some cardiac problems uh, or heart problems, uh, and um, I've been following this saga and and, it, and and it after a while, and I'm sure it didn't doesn't probably still seem that way to Stacy and Mark, but they'll be able to look back on their Facebook walls and see it on their timeline. Every time that you know, okay, this is what's going on with Mark, and this is what it's going to take to fix it. Like the next day, there would be three more things wrong. And then, you know, but we got to get these handled before we can do well. The next one would be all those three things are handled, and the doctors don't know why. But we're we're good to go. And then there was another, oh, God, we can't do it now because there's spots on these lungs. And actually, by the time it got to the one that was spots on the lungs, it was just like, oh, for crying out loud, people, how many times are you going to have to watch him miraculously recover from whatever the doctors say is in the way? to get over it, you know, but, um, it is, that's the blessing that I talk about with these immaculate and wonderful friends and geniuses and angels that I have the privilege to hang out with, um, is that they do these kind of things. And, um, 
Um, with a smile on their face and spring in their step. I have absolutely. That's, absolutely. That's, that's the most important element of that is that um, the healthcare workers have been lining up to get in their room because they want to know what they've got because they've been married a long time, but they're laughing and they're carrying on like teenagers. And they're looking at, oh, my God, he might die, and they're laughing and carrying on like teenagers. And so they are. They're lining up wanting to know. And and believe me, they're shining like big, big lighthouses down there at that hospital. But, of course, all they do is talk about how awesome the people in the hospital are. Imagine that. <laughs> exactly. The key point, isn't it, really, when you realize that? It's always about the other people, always. Looking after them, making sure they're all, all okay, don't worry about me. I'm, you know, I know that all's going to be well regardless. And when you come from that place, miracles do happen. And you know what? Just sitting here listening to this, and I'm following Nina's stuff because Nina's also a very good friend of mine. And, in fact, I think it's how you and I first connected, Rick. And um, Stacey as well. I'm familiar with Stacey. And watching that, and I've also, you know, there's a couple of things going on with um, children in hospital down here who are having these miraculous recoveries. And doctors are saying, oh, my gosh, how is this possible? You know, what are we doing? What are we doing that's making this possible? And you know what? I, I really think we're moving into a time when we can stand up and say, no, it ain't you. Excuse my lack of grammar, but no, it ain't you. And no, it ain't you. <laughs> this is more than you. And get your ego out of it because you can do this if you get your ego out of it. And Absolutely. stop trying to trying to pump us full of chemicals. And all we need you to pump us full of is love. That's right. <laughs> I, and I'm off my soapbox now. Well, but they do. They have <laughs> they have this place here in the states called Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and they advertise on TV. And they, you know, you should come here. We're having great success. And but they don't really talk about it much on the, on the ads or any of that promo stuff. And they do the same thing the other cancer hospitals do, but they also get you to meditate and they talk to you about your diet and they chit-chat with you and they play with you and they have fun with you. And, it, you know, I, it's been around for years. Well, why aren't you talking about it? Why aren't you blowing a big trumpet and saying, look, the only thing we're doing different is getting these people to uh, love themselves and we're loving them. So there's your answer. There's the cure to cancer. Uh, but it's not, nobody can patent it. You can't prove it in a laboratory, I suppose. Uh, we got to get over that. I don't care what I don't care what happens that the world lightens up. Uh, everybody's waiting for enlightenment. I just want the world to lighten up. That's enlightened enough for me. But I don't care who does it, what does it. You know, do you think it was this? Do you think I don't care what it was? I just do it. I want to see you know? it happen. Yeah, I just want to yeah. see it happen. Um, and, Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff, and Nina is just—I mean—that is just incredible. The way that she's teaching, and she'll and she'll continue to, oh. uh, you know, about standing in your power and knowing who you really are. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's incredible—an incredible story. I, I honestly can't wait to get her on because I'd love to pick her brain on on. Um, I, I, I want to know how her family's handling it too, you know, because I mean they must just be in shock, and the doctors must be in shock, and I'm sure the only person is probably not Nina. <laughs> Nina's probably not in <laughs> shock at all. She's probably just like, yeah, so I knew. Um, but I, you know, that's that's the kind of stories that 
that we want to tell because the more the more of them that we tell, the more people realize it's not it's not uncommon. You know, it's the new norm. Exactly. I was just about to say it is the new norm and it's the way of life now. Not soon, not in the future, but now. It absolutely is. Um this doctor that I mentioned earlier guessed January thirty first. Um I have to mention because it's it's one of my birthday presents this year too. Um I had for I have neuropathy, uh nerve damage in my legs is one way you could say it, uh and, and some in my arms. My my periphery, my ex, my extents don't connect up quite right. Um I take a handful of pills four times a day to keep from being in the fetal position on the floor in pain. And um and for about the past year to 18 months, I would say subjectively from my end that I haven't gotten any better. I've just been, I, frankly, I made peace with that. That was it. But my doctor never would. He always kept saying, you know, no, it's a self-correcting system. It has to get better unless we're screwing it up. Well, then along came this doctor, Terry Walls, who uh, is teaching by example because she had uh, stage two progressive MS. And the short definition of stage two progressive MS is get your affairs in order. You're not yeah, long you're, for the world. You're screwed. Yeah, you're dying. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. And she wasn't having that. She's a doctor. She's a deputy chief of staff at a VA hospital and teaches at the University of Iowa Medical School um, and has done a lot of other things in her life that and people have told her yet. she couldn't do. And so she started, she decided to throw out everything they knew about multiple sclerosis and let's just look at the what's going on, what breaks down. Not that it has this name, multiple sclerosis. And anyway, came up with a protocol of meditation, exercise, and and diet. And, of course, that's a bad word, but way of eating, perhaps. Um, and she now bikes five miles on a bicycle to get to and from work. Wow. And she was in a power tilt wheelchair. She couldn't even sit in a regular chair. She had to be in zero gravity chairs. There, you get in the, you sit down in the chair and then you hit this electric switch and it, it, you look like an astronaut laying on your back waiting for blast off. And uh, it is the way that many people with MS have spent their latter days. And, uh, and I've 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 seen the lady on video. I've, I haven't seen her ride her bike to work, but I've seen her stand on stage at TED for 18 minutes and give a presentation. I've seen videos of her in her backyard in her garden that uh, she and her partner keep. Um, but this is um, whether she survived MS or not. This is one of the many angels that are here that don't necessarily consider themselves light workers. Maybe not even ever heard the term, but uh, yes. she has through her whole life. Um, I know many of uh, our friends here have shared the video of this young man that was speaking to, uh, um, many people may not know who, but he was speaking to some sort of an official body, and he was talking about, you know, you want to know what uh, the child of, you know, gay parents looks like. It looks a lot like me, because I have two mothers. That is Dr. Terry Wall's son, Zach Walls, and... Uh, 
So before she was ever having multiple sclerosis and doing for people what she's doing now, she was showing people that who you are is okay. Because who I, who I am is okay, and who I am, they tell me, is a bunch of bunk. But I'm still a professor at a medical school and a deputy chief of staff at a VA hospital. <clears throat> and now I'm announcing to people that we may have found, if not a cure, certainly a way to reverse multiple sclerosis. And um, Which um, I, I have to interject for anybody who has any of the other neuromuscular disorders, fibromyalgia being one of them, is a huge relief just to know that there's an option out there that doesn't involve copious amounts of medication. And waiting to die. And thank God for this woman, like really. Because I have been transitioning onto the Walls diet, some of people have called it. It's very simple, really. You eat three cups of greens, uh, three cups of sulfur-containing vegetables. Now, that sounds horrible. Well, it's three cups of broccoli, <laughs> cabbage, cauliflower, um, and three cups of color, which can be berries, brightly colored fruits, um, colored vegetables like you know red and yellow bell peppers, but bright colors. And um, uh, you eat that before you eat anything else. Now, that doesn't mean to me... I eat all of that before I can have anything else. It's I have to eat all that in my day. If I'm going to eat some bread or eat some something, I, I still have to eat all that other stuff. I can't trade them out. And of course, I take cheat days liberally. But uh, um, she literally just broke multiple sclerosis down. She said, "You know, okay, well, let's see what happens." Oh, it appears that because you're suffering from multiple sclerosis, your mitochondria are not producing energy correctly. She said, well, what if it's the other way around? So instead of looking for a cure for MS, she just looked to see what is it that the mitochondria need to be able to function. Of course, she couldn't find that either because the doctors and the medical techs didn't know, even though she had to memorize all these chemical reactions that happened there in order to graduate as a doctor. Nobody ever told her or anyone else, where do you get the chemicals to do that with? So she carried it to that extreme and... Uh, figured out the nutrients that were needed to feed her mitochondria and all of the other systems that are supposedly affected by MS and came to the startling conclusion that uh, even better than getting them from pills, which is how she started, was with supplements, uh, let's get them from food. And... Um, and did a bunch of research to take the long way around to discover that the paleo diet that our indigenous ancestors ate and the, some of the indigenous people still eat, um, the Inuit uh, up in Alaska still eat their indigenous diet pretty much, uh, were getting 10 to 100 times the recommended daily allowance of these nutrients, 10 to 100 times the recommended daily allowance, and yet somehow in our modern developed world, we don't manage to get half. And uh, people that know me will know that I'm not a I'm not saying that we're let's blow up society and all move back into teepees. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but there's a lot of wisdom and it's our wisdom. We earned that wisdom lifetime after lifetime. It's your wisdom. 
And to me, ascension is basically your wisdom comes and you allow it to come. You don't have to ask, how did I learn this? How do I know this? You just know and you let that be enough. Because trying to prove it in the external world is just the same as seeing in the mirror that your hair is crooked and trying to straighten it out in the mirror. You can't do that. Because then you've got multiple sclerosis that we don't know what to do about. Instead of, hmm, mitochondria not working right. Oh, don't have the right fuel. Oh, can't get rid of toxins. Toxins build up in the body. Oh, wow. See, that just makes sense. And the other way doesn't really make sense. It doesn't pass the giggle test. And um, when you just let yourself know, when you don't ask why, from where, it all comes from source. It all comes from the same place. You guys pick your name. Ascension is not, you know, God forbid I may get never get guests ever again on the radio show. Ascension, <laughs> Ascension is not leaving the planet. Ascension is not sprouting wings. Uh, ascension is your wisdom coming and it's your wisdom it's not Nestor's wisdom it's not Seth's wisdom it's your wisdom and uh, uh, if you let it come it's there it's just there you know where is it what do you do what practice should I get on what, I don't know pick one what sounds good to you Yes. as my friend Bashar would say the the correct permission they're all permission slips to just let yourself you know in 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 some way this feeding your body to let it get over it could it get over it without that maybe but your body's physical needs a little physical fuel makes sense you know you don't get in your car and say okay if i meditate long enough then i can run the car on prana it just it's a car it's a physical thing you put gas in it but if you put bad gas in it, the car doesn't run so good. may not quit altogether right away, but it doesn't run so good. And that's all that's going on with us, mostly. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, allowing the wisdom that was there, um, what's that quote? Don't walk in your, quote, forefathers, alternate expressions, past lives, take a pick of a name there, too. Don't walk in your forefathers' footsteps. Seek what they sought. Because the place to find it changes. It moves around too. So don't 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 try to copy the old stuff. But there was a lot of wisdom there, and there's a lot of wisdom in each and every one of us today. And that's the answer to cancer, world peace, war, famine, disease, strife is to get everybody to let their wisdom come out. Fortunately, we don't have to get them all. We get about you know 1%, 1.5%. One we get the 100th monkey thing going. But, but for yourself, and what can solve it in your life and in your universe is for you to let your wisdom come forward. Because whoever you are, there's not ever been you exactly before. And nobody ever else gets to be you exactly but you. It doesn't matter how many million alternative expressions you have on a parallel timeline that looks almost exactly like this. Your precise point of view, who you are, is you, and it's yours, and nobody else gets to do it, and nobody else can bring that piece of the puzzle. 
Um, and um, so there you go. I guess that's my final answer to uh, the what's my big picture. That's my big picture. What's that's what that I'd amazing? like to see happen. And so just amazing. Thank you so much. I, I got so much out of that. Ah, I thank know, you so it's amazing. much. Um, <laughs> now, what's really funny, guys, um, to to our listeners, Anne and I were talking yesterday. Rick had no idea that this was going to happen tonight, first of all. Um, he thought he was going to come on and host the show and Anne was going to be our guest. Um, and one of the questions Anne asked me was, you know, Rick doesn't often channel anymore. And I, I thought about it for a minute. I said, you know what, he doesn't channel written word he doesn't channel verbally but he tends to remain in a state of blended beingness and i think and that the answer that he just came out with is probably one of the best examples of that well yes that was him or has as he was just saying be who you are in this moment and so that's what we just received and and I think it was the most amazing answer and so full of so much truth for this world. In other words, each and every one of us just has to be who we are and be happy about it and just be it instead of worrying whether it suits everybody else and all of those sorts of things. Just be you. You are the only one who can be you. And um, no matter what name you call yourself or you call the things that you that come through and all of those sorts of things, it's just you and it's your wisdom and the getting of wisdom <laughs> comes when, yes, the a whole ascension thing. That's that's what that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Rick. That was just an amazing answer. It, um, My partner rocks. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not saying that you won't be able to create worlds in your in your imagination where you can float around on clouds. You can. And it yes. can be as real to you as you like it to seem, but but that's not what ascension's about. It's just yes. letting you be you. And yes. that's I told Jean, I guess, a week or two ago that, you know, that's really what Nestor's had to say is and why we have that we love questions is we'll love, we'll I'll channel answers to questions all day long. But as far as just up and channeling something, nah. That's I'm trying to I'm trying to let that be there all the time. You yes. know, that's just it's just wisdom. Yes. And it's yes. yours, hard fought and won over many lifetimes, whether you remember any of them or not. And uh, I wouldn't advise trying to remember them. <laughs> no. <laughs> they well, can be the traumatic. And yeah, yeah, because this is pretty cool. This is yes. a pretty awesome time to be alive. Um. Uh, just even to sit on the top of the hill and just watch it happen. This is pretty awesome. And and if you dive in, you can have whatever fun you want to have. And, um, you know, you can be a radio host. You can make movies. You can talk to really cool people. You know, I want to talk. I want to hang out with celebrities. You probably said that in your childhood at some time. Well, Gene and I do now. <laughs> They're maybe not exciting. maybe not the Hollywood celebrities, but there's a lot of those I wouldn't want to give the time of day to. So there you go. And there's some well, of them I'd really love to talk to, and I suspect we will. And I think that's a really good point, too, because you know what? I've got a celebrity who lives next door. And you know what? None of you would know who it is. But I like this person. I think they're amazing. They have good information to offer me. Therefore, that's my celebrity. You know what I mean? 
Oh, it's yeah. not because they're in movies or they're, they're just everyday people who are living amazing lives. I, I love the celebrities we hang with. Um, and 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 the the best part about our show is that each and every one of them is equally amazing, um, whether they have a name publicly or not. They come out with such incredible, insightful information. And, and it all comes from their own individual experiences and from their own individual perspective. And how fun is that? You know, I mean, oh, you've had everything from 16-year-old geniuses to to 80-something-year-old geniuses on this show. And that's just, to me, ultimately cool, 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 cool. You, you know, I mean, and I don't somehow, have a better word. We, we make no plans ever. And it disturbs and it some of our guests, except for tonight. <laughs> and, and, and we and we always manage to get most. Of, we manage to get most of them around to the same thing. Of I don't know. I just knew, or in one way or another, they all say it. And that's you know these insightful things. It's it's their wisdom. They're letting it come, and uh, uh, some of them don't even know what they're doing, and that's okay too. Not really supposed to need to think about it too much. It's just us that had to unlearn stuff. Yes. And uh, uh, so, girls in the in the chat room, don't let them teach you that bunk. And I've heard you talk about school. I know they're not getting away with it. Um, Speaking of our girls, um, they put our they put our uh, website up into the chat room today, um, just to let our listener know listeners know for those other birthday gift for me. Another birthday gift for you. For um, those of you who are looking younger project fans, um, our, our genius lightworking 16-year-olds have taken over the project with the help of one Jason Anderson, and um, they have reworked the website, and they will be helping our baby grow up. So that's exciting. www.lookingyounger.blogspot.com. So yay to the girls. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your energy and your time and your love. We wanted to set up a place where, what, what did we do? What did we say? Five to twenty? Five yeah. to seven to twenty? Something. We, where Five the youth can speak and have their forum. And now the youth themselves have taken it over. And Which is fantastic. People want to know, you know, how come nothing ever happened with that? Well, it's not that we didn't promote it, but now it really is the place for the youth to have their voice because the youth are in charge, as it should be. And you watch, it's going to explode. Absolutely, absolutely. Fantastic, fantastic. Can I still uh, interview Rick? I've got a couple more questions that I'm interested in now that we've <laughs> you can, listened to all of that. <laughs> we can absolutely, um, we can stretch the show, um, absolutely, because we've got we've we've got some extra time. We always program some extra time. Um, so what we can do is take a quick music break. What do we do? We have a two-minute song or three-minute song on there that's not me singing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we can't. It can't be you. <laughs> oh, I don't want to run people off. Um, um, and then, yeah, absolutely, we can stretch the show a little bit and let you ask a few you know, more um, questions. Because I'm enjoying well, this. You know, Fun. Why don't we do uh, Jordan's bottled up? That's only three minutes. Okay. And, um, that way, our yeah. listeners in the chat room can have a chance to run to the. Because I'm going to run to the facilities during those three minutes, so everybody else should certainly feel free. If anybody needs more coffee, more water, more wine, whatever you're drinking tonight, more or the, tea. Or, or this morning, 
Wednesday morning. Yes. But yeah, then we'll be right back and have a few more questions. Sounds like fun. See you soon. All right. buttons rick there we go we almost didn't come back oh, and he just made it back all right perfect so we're back so Anne, you've got some more questions i do i do and i mean i could be here all day but i'll try not to just for the sake of everybody who's got other things they'd like to do today um rick Hi. A couple of things. First first of all, hello, happy birthday. I'm having so much fun. Thank you for letting me um play in your little party. Now you mentioned about your dying thing or or as I called it, the B C before croaking. Now and you also said that you would hope that it wasn't necessary for everyone to go through that in order to start to connect with their consciousness or with their 
with their need to just do what has to be done, what they want to do, to have that sense of, I'm not going to stuff around anymore. I'm just going to do the things that I want to do. And, um, and, I, and I think we're coming into a time, in my experience, that you don't necessarily have to do the, the close to dying or the near dying or even, or even the um, forcing yourself to be really ill in order to improve your life. But I think people need to hear other people's opinions about how they might be able to do that. Because I think there's a lot of people who see the people who have done the the, be, the, the croaking thing and come back and their life has changed. And I even have someone who once said to me, you know, I'd go through that experience because this um, well, the way I'm doing it is too hard. Mm. And, and I believe that you can go through it. I mean, sorry, you can have the result without the action. You can. Um, <laughs> of course. So I'd like to yeah, hear about you, uh, from you on that and any suggestions and things like that for anyone who might be wanting to not die but to be born again, if you know what I mean. Well, it's one of the gifts uh, of life is that you you really are, uh, you know, it, despite the fact that, Yes, when you go to sleep, it's not unlike dying. You go elsewhere. You go elsewhere. Your body lays in the bed and rests and repairs. Uh, and so when you wake up, it's not unlike being born. Um, but it's that way all day long, every day. Because every moment of your existence, you're making choices. You're making your desire known. You're refining your desire. Um, you will create contrast wherever you go. Um, you know, you'll decide that you want to lay on the beach and do nothing for a month, and I I dare a real creator that's in touch with themselves to lie there for a week. <laughs> may not even make the whole two days. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, so you... The, the, but the big thing is the fear. And so it's not... Uh, far-fetched for me that this near-death experience, this dying and coming back experience, this whatever you want to call it, walk-in experience, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, I believe it was, wrote a whole book on dying, advice on dying. Uh, but you can listen to him and you can listen to the Dalai Lama, you could listen to any of the masters I'd love to interview, and uh, they'll tell you that you got to get over this dying thing. Can't, it's not like we haven't heard Seth and and Abraham just time and time again, y'all y'all got to get over this dying thing. Because really, we spend inordinate amount of time worried about dying and trying to and avoid dying. Avoid it. Yeah. And we don't live. Or we just go into such denial about it, we act like we're going to live forever. And we are, but not here now in this. Uh, each now moment is here for just that long. And yes, there's we have a perspective where it's now and it's all happening. And we can see it all. That would be called all that is. Source. Uh, but, you know, this whole creation of a physical reality and then getting born, and then uh, it, that seems like a lot of trouble to go through if we weren't here for a reason. If all we were going to do was come here and learn how to be non-physical, eh? Uh, 
And that's what a lot of people seem to be thinking they're doing is trying to, you know, I want to get the source perspective. I want to be, you don't want to be non-physical. You got that down. We all got that down. We're evolving ourselves here in this environment because it's so rich. You know, why has there got to be so many things so that there's so much contrast? Because there's so many of us. Now, there's only one of us here, as I'm fond of saying, but. But if you can if you can do something with the fear, and a good place to start is the fear of dying, because it's the thing that society has told us we should be the most afraid of. You know. Yeah. So when don't you, do that. You might fall off the cliff and die. Don't do that. It might kill you. Don't touch the PowerPoint or try to play with it when you're three, because you will electrocute yourself. Yeah, you'll kill your. You, you, that'll kill you. And, and I'm yeah. just like, what? <laughs> no, but it might kill you because you sound like you don't know how it works. Um, and uh, so if you're tired of playing with the little bitty ones you know I'm scared of spiders um, I used to be terrified of spiders don't bother me at all now oh I don't have a pet but you know well I have a pet <laughs> just not a pet spider but um, you know you could it's that processing thing Nestor wrote about it this addicted to processing thing. Um, when you're operating out of fear, the truth of you is that you're afraid of everything. So you could be processing from now till kingdom come. You won't get finished. So go ahead. Tackle the big one if, if you're tired of tackling the little one. If you're, if you're trying to be more conscious every day, then you're on the track. You know, I don't know what's going to get you there. You know, like I said, there's a thousand roads and all roads lead to Rome. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, you know, I would say it's the get over the fear thing and compare you to you. Uh, stay off of comparing you to somebody else because, you know, just because they're on a different road doesn't mean they're on the wrong road. And it doesn't mean you're on the wrong road either. It just, it's where you're, where you are and how you're going. Yeah. And, um. Uh, you know. Yeah, I love it. And it leads me to another question with regards to, and because this is such a big thing for so many people, and so it immediately jumped into my head, the money thing. And so the thinking that I just was having was that that's, you know, we live in this whole fear that we're not going to have enough of it when we need it. And so when we step through that, where it would appear that we don't have enough, that we we're going to die, and we don't die, I think we come to a new, uh, almost being born again with regards to money. And that's oh, just yeah. something that just kind of came to me then. And it, it's such, it seems to me to be the big one, you know, after dying, it's the money thing. I'm not going to have enough or or I'll, or I'll end up um, dying because, how can anybody live without money? But in actual fact, that's not true. That's just fear. Yeah, it is. It's just fear in one of its many disguises. And and the last place that the self-preservation, you know, survival instinct tried to get me when it found out that I wasn't afraid of anything was apathy. Was, well, why do anything? Yeah. And um, to me, that's all, almost its last gasp effort. Uh, not that it's true with me or that I'm walking in perfection at all, but I do try, and it does not take long 
for friends to knock me back on when I am off because it does. It's ridiculous. It quits making sense, those things. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just like when you see some pattern in or habit in yourself and you look at it and you go, that doesn't make sense. Well, that means you just you just got past that. Now we don't let ourselves because we, you know, we know from the medical literature that it takes six months and and five psychiatrists <laughs> to be able to quit whatever habit it is you've got. But uh, if we would just drop that once you once it doesn't make sense, that's because you've moved past that. Because and it doesn't make sense, absolutely. It must have made sense at some point, or you wouldn't have started. You just wouldn't have. You're, we're not that stupid, any of stupid. us. Stupid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Love it. Thank you. And I just have one more question, and I really think this is the end question for me because it puts the focus back on you, and I want to know this. You were talking earlier about literally, you know, we can be the two-year-old self that says, I want that, and goes and gets it, right? Mm -hmm. So, And I like to think of it in this way, that um, you can grab a trolley as you're walking into the shopping centre and just walk down the aisles and go, oh, that looks nice, and pop that one in your trolley. Oh, I'll have two of those and pop that in your trolley. So you as your two-year-old self, you as your mm. two-year-old self, we're walking down the supermarket, what are you picking up? Mm. Well, something I've said repeatedly since I've been, you know, after the croaking. Um, I don't want any more stuff. I don't want any more stuff. I'm tired of stuff. You got to clean stuff. You got to put stuff away. You got to have a place to put your stuff. You got a place to keep your stuff. You got to classify your stuff. You got to put your stuff in order. I don't want any more stuff. I want experiences. I'm gonna, if I if I have money, which I really don't care whether I do, and I've told people that, and they look at me like I'm an alien, uh, and but if I have money, I want to spend it on on experiences because that's what's meaningful to me when I look back on it. And it's the experiences like these. And I don't have to pay anything for this. This didn't cost me anything. Uh, not money. And, uh, uh, of course, I have a lot to say about money. We'd be here till tomorrow because uh, I'll just say in a capsule, people need to get over that money thing. It's just energy. It's no different than the sweat that you generate from running. It's just energy. Well, the air that you breathe. Yeah. Breathe but, in, breathe out. It's natural. Yeah. We don't step out on the porch in the morning and go, ooh, might not be enough air this afternoon. I think I'll put some in a bag. <laughs> but um, experience is is what I'm after. And I don't care if you've got nerve problems in your legs. I don't care if you're stuck in a wheelchair and you can't get anywhere but your computer. Get off the game. Get on your headset, find some people, talk to them, have some experiences. doesn't matter if they're good or bad by your viewpoint. They're experiences, and that's why we're here. We came for experience. You can't experience the things you experience here in uh, physical. You can't do it anywhere else. Um, and so, and you can't experience this viewpoint from anywhere else. And it's, that's good because there's lots you wouldn't want to. You know, see some guy walking down the street and he's, you know, I don't know, got purple hair and 15 spikes in his face. And you just look over there and God bless you, sir, for doing that so that I don't have to. <laughs> I'll read the book later. 
You know, I mean, if that's the best blessing you can give them, give them that one. You know, because I don't want to do that. You know, um, and because that's really the way it is. We're you know, how does all that is experience all that is? It makes a whole bunch of us itself. It we're it it but yes. gets confusing from the three D uh-huh. standpoint. But <laughs> but uh, so quit trying to understand it. You're not going to go to another seminar and figure out how that makes sense in your 3D brain. It's not going to happen. There's not enough yeah. seminars on the planet. The the best masters could all come and give a group seminar, and they wouldn't be able to explain it. That would make sense to your 3D way of thinking, the limited way of thinking we've sort of been presented by society. Uh, so give it up and go get some ex- have some experiences. And uh, and yes, a lot of the experiences I want to have might be workshops. I'd love to go to the Lemuria Choir thing next December in Hawaii. Uh, I'd love to do this, do that, do the other thing. There's so many things I'd love to go do uh, that I can't imagine running out. Not 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 in this le- lifetime. I probably have to have a few. And uh, but um, experiences. Experiences generally that involve, some of them are experiences that just involve me and nature, and it always involves me and something else um, uh, from the standpoint of, you know, that could be in my head, so to speak. It could be not in this physical plane, just in my imagination. That's just, that that can be just as real. What's this real business? Get over that. You know, what do we got to get over money and real and (laughs) that and get the gurus off the planet? That's the problem. It's all their fault. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, my goodness. I feel so expanded by just... Hanging out with Rick? ...giving you the opportunity to to, 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 to share some words uh, that when you put them together in a sentence, they hold so much um, peace, I think, is the feeling that I get, you know? This sense of... You, you, you're starting to understand it, and and just by listening to what you're saying, I'm expanding, and I love it. And the two-year-old you that is out there having all these experiences, you're it. You're doing it. I want to join you. I, I have joined you. It's just, it's been an absolute blast. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a blast for me. I could do this all day long, and do whenever I get the opportunity. Yes, we're not unlike. In that, <laughs> so for That's our Ann, why we do radio shows? Probably. So for our Ann, Alex, and fans who are listening, um, and for Rick, who has no idea this is happening either, <laughs> we are going to be bringing Ann back on the show, um, so that we can we can put her on the hot seat, so to speak. Um, but Ann, I just want to thank you so much for coming tonight and playing in our virtual sandbox and um, helping me provide a platform for Rick to step into his truth and and touch the hearts and the minds and the spirits of those listening because it's just fun to listen to that happen. So thank you so much for being here and thank you so much to all of our listeners and um, our extended family who um, dropped in tonight to say hey! <laughs> and thank you to Rick for being who you are because without you there wouldn't be an everyday connection aww 
There would. Somebody would do it, but I'm glad it gets to be me. I'm glad it gets to be me because it's just too much fun. And uh, and I'll go back to being quiet and asking piercing questions. But uh, Well, thank you very much for letting me step into your shoes today. I hope I've done even uh, a little bit of justice to it. It's been a lot of fun. I like your life, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Fabulous! Thank you so much for, um, for for letting me do this with you, and uh, and I'm so looking forward to coming back again and being on any hot seat because you know me, I love to talk, and I'll stop talking now. Thank you all. Thank you all for ha- for playing, and happy birthday, Rick. Oh, Thanks awesome. for playing. Go see Jean on the way out. She has some nice parting gifts for you. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! I've got stuff. Uh, yes, I'll send you some stuff. <laughs> Get you set up before your next visit with us. Um, so, so we said we were gonna. Is is what I'm reading in the chat room? What we agreed that we were going to talk about? Yeah. Okay. So Maybe um, I jumped the gun, but I'll right on. No, that's cool. I just wanted to double check because we hadn't got a chance to chat about that. So um, because uh, Anne brought up peace. Anne brought up peace, which is wonderful. Now Rick and I have been doing something for a little while after the phone lines have gone dead at the end of the show. And um, that's been reading the Point of Peace message from Don Qatar. Um, now, Rick, if you can throw up her. Do you have her website? I do. You do? Awesome. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, synchronicity, the messages always seem to flow along with whatever was discussed during the show. So tonight's message is peace is closing in on the world now. And the world cannot escape it. It is a force sent forth from the core of its conscious occupants and from the source of all. Resistance is futile. Allow peace to live in another dimension. Does that sound harsh? It is truth. There are dimensions which will fulfill the desire of those. I'm I'm reading it from the chat room, guys. Oh, and it's moving. I have it not in there, the chat there room. Are dimensions which will fulfill the desire of those who need to rest. Allow peace now. Wonderful. Allow and peace or live in another dimension. <laughs> That's she's talking to the gurus. That's what she's, she's doing. Get up, get off. Gurus. Get out and of my that dimension. Is, uh, that is from Don Qatar and um her her spirit friends at www.openchannelresources.com. Um we will have links to Anne Alexson on our show page as usual. And I, I guess this is just me signing out and saying thank you to everybody. And what a wonderful, amazing show. And Big Brother, happy birthday. Oh. Well, I want to thank everybody that, that, that uh, has come and hung this long with us. And, and uh, it can be challenging sometimes to listen to me talk that long. So, <laughs> um but I've had a blast, and uh, I love each and every one of you. And uh, uh, if it seems like things are going well over here, I want them to go about ten times that well over there. So get on it. It's 2012. Got no more excuses. Been waiting for 2012. Okay, cool. Got that behind us. Now let's go have fun. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Stay connected. 
Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details.